0: Hey Spotlighters, Mike Ham here, the coolest guy in title insurance and your host of the Morning Spotlight Podcast. Thanks for tuning into today's episode. We have a great guest that I know is going to absolutely blow you away. If you like what you hear, please smash that subscribe button and leave us a review. And remember, when it's time for you to purchase title insurance, there's only one guy you should be calling and that's me. Check the show notes for my email address and let's get this train rolling and start the show right now. Coffee for today's episode of the Morning Spotlight podcast was provided by Spotlighter, the great Chris Vaglio. Thanks, Chris. Really appreciate it. And the Spotlighters out there, if you want to support the show and keep us caffeinated, go to the morningspotlight.com and click buy Mike a coffee.
1: Hey, this is Josh Carey. You know who I am. And you're listening to The Morning Spotlight with Mike Ham.
0: Good morning and welcome to the Morning Spotlight Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Cam, coming to you, as always, from the Spotlight Studios here in Morristown, New Jersey. My guest today spent 40 years in hiding. No, he was not on the run from the law or an international super spy. He was hiding every aspect of himself and showing up with a mask on in all areas of his life, trying to gain the approval of everyone else. Despite a a successful 15-year career as a professional actor and filmmaker, his feelings of anxiety and insecurities were overwhelming, and he felt more isolated than ever. Today, is the co-founder of PodMax, which the Spotlighters are very familiar with, and is an accomplished podcast host of two shows with over 300 combined episodes. He's also a business coach to entrepreneurs who are ready, willing, and able to say, F that noise. He is Josh Carey. Josh, welcome to the show.
1: I am. Good morning to you, too. Mike, are we supposed to... We're, we're recording this at 8 a.m.? Is that the deal?
0: Yeah. This, anytime anybody listens to the, to the morning spotlight, it's the morning, because it comes out at 3 a.m. Eastern. Is that and, true? Well, yeah. Well, it posts <laughs> at 3 a.m. Eastern, whatever that day is. And obviously anyone that's a spotlighter listens as soon as that episode drops. They're, I there mean, they don't go. wait. They don't wait to listen to the morning spotlight in the afternoon because the stuff is just so jam-packed with amazing nuggets of information and whatever you want to call it. Golden boulders, like our friends, the Biz, Biz Bros say, they sure. have to listen right away. So we are listening to this in the morning. That's why we're. That's why it's the morning.
1: Yeah, I feel like you're the bearded version of me. Um, the, the more we've uh, spent time together, and three times this week, yeah. we have we have a very very similar cadence. We talk fast, we talk loud, and we are ready to go.
0: That's true. Yeah, the ham and cheese show, which we which you we remembered. still, yeah. I mean, how can I forget? Is that really your? Was that really a nickname for you, or is that just something you were just like, hey, ham? I'm gonna be the cheese in this one. That. Okay. All right. Well, I was just yeah. curious because if your nickname was really Josh, the cheese carry, you could be like either a mobster or just like, I don't even know where you would get the nickname, the cheese. Maybe you just love cheese. I don't know, but I'm, yeah. I'm glad that you hitched your uh, wagon to my ham horse. Uh, and here <laughs> we are. So, um, I mean, Jersey guy, right? Huh? You're a Jersey guy born and raised in Jersey. Indeed. Where in Jersey,
1: you know, Lakewood, New Jersey. Yes, I do. Yeah, Lakewood is uh, now it's the Jewish Hasidic capital of. May I say the world?
0: I, I'm th- uh, I think it is. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Now, now I'm Jewish. I could I could talk all day about this without any letters, but I'm not Hasidic, which is fine. Right. Um. When I was growing up, it was it was like 50% Jewish, right? And then when I got older and left for college, it, it became the area where they would literally. What do you mean they? The Hasidics, right? Uh, they would knock on doors, including my parents' door, asking if they want to sell. And um, finally, they did.
0: There you go. Sorry, I was on mute. I was going back to joshcarry.com, uh plug of this website right out of the gate, just because I like to keep myself organized in that way. Um, yeah, so my own, really only experience is going down to Lakewood or for Blue Claws games uh baseball guy Lakewood blue claws i mean my dad and i would go to some games down there every now and then uh played in a couple tournaments i think on that on that field every now and then too Mm -hmm. um but uh at what uh, at 19 you go into an acting career right uh why were you always into theater were you a theater guy uh what what was why (laughs) why why theater
1: well, um, 19 was when I got my first professional gig. I'll take you back five years prior to when I was. Can I do math here? 19 minus five is, is that 14?
0: That is 14. Feels weird. Yeah. We uh, don't do math on this show, so that, enough of that. Enough of that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I know, it's, why I, it, it's so early in the morning. I My, my, my brain <laughs> right. isn't even awake yet.
0: Yeah, it's three but, o'clock in the morning. We're recording this episode. <laughs>
1: yeah. So I'll take you back five years. When I was 14 in eighth grade, which is when I got bit by the acting bug. So you you alluded that I was in hiding, not the kind we are running from the law, but hiding all of my skill, talent, and ability, everything that I was capable of doing. So um, I, I just wanted the approval of, of everybody else. And in eighth grade, I was changing classes and Renee Stevenson Catches my attention. And she says, hey, Josh, from across the hallway, are you going to audition for the school play? And I'm like, you know, I am. But I had no idea like any school play was happening. I just wanted to fit in. So I'm like, oh, now I got to go find out if there's an audition happening. I did. And lo and behold, there was an audition for our drug awareness play. And I auditioned and I got cast as the comic relief of all things, you know, bumbling up on the stage like a fool. People are laughing at me, not with me. And I knew that, but I got that attention. I'm like, I could do funny things up here and people are laughing, giving me attention. This is fantastic. I want more of this. So I went home and I said, mom, I want to become an actor. And I pursued that dream. I just fudged my way through high school. I wasn't a student except for a performing arts class. And then um, after, after high school, I went to college. I auditioned at uh, Montclair State, or another New Jersey reference. Back in that day, it was just a college. Now it's become a university. Right. But I got accepted via audition into their BFA acting program. And as a freshman, uh, this was the kind of uh, program where you have to audition each year for your spot. And after freshman year, we had our auditions, and then we meet one-on-one with the dean. It's time for me to meet with her. I go into her office, and there's just a box of tissues on her desk. And I see it in like slow motion as I'm like walking in, like, why are (laughs) the tissues? (laughs) And she's like, have a seat, Josh. So uh, I do, and she says, yeah, basically, we're not going to ask you back. Hmm. And I start tearing up. And she's like, we think you're a little green, but the good news is you can use this very life experience to go forth and improve. She wasn't wrong. So I went home for the summer, trying to figure out what the heck I'm going to do with my life. And I saw an audition notice for a musical theater conservatory in New York. So I said, mom, I'm going to become a Broadway actor. This is even better. So I auditioned acting, singing, dancing. And I got in for that fall. So I didn't even miss a beat. It was a two-year program, got me to New York City. Uh, that was at 18 or 19 years old. And I started training as a musical theater performer, quickly learned that two out of those three disciplines, acting, singing, and dancing are not my strength. <laughs> but I was a good, I was a good actor. Yeah. and And I happened to meet my roommate who was also in a very similar boat as me. And we would just crack each other up in class. It was so funny. We had the exact same humor. Then we said, hey, you know what? We should probably do something with this. We should take it on the road. And we spent seven years together as a comedy team, sort of like an Abbott and Costello meets Seinfeld and we we performed on stages. We performed uh, in, in around the country, in L.A., in New York in colleges. And we did short films and we had a whole good thing together.
0: That's awesome. So, yeah. yeah. All right. So then th- this. W- w- so I think at 19 was when this 15 year successful acting filmmaking career, you know, you're doing this little, you know, Abbott and Costello. That's another New Jersey reference. Actually. Wait, I'm going the wrong way. Oh, who could have known? Who could have known? Wow. Uh, I guess you. Uh, but uh, but I actually, I, I have a Who's on First poster out in my living room, and my girlfriend's like, "We're taking this down." I'm like, "Oh, we're not."
1: Oh, you won! Wow.
0: Yeah. Well, because but slowly but surely she's adding more and more pictures to the wall. So now I have to start figuring out which ones I need to take down. And it's like, it's, it's really, it's tearing me up inside. So, yeah. uh, we're, we'll see uh, TB, nah. maybe when this actually posts, uh, you know, it, it'll, it would have already come down, but you know, I'm not going to fight that battle too hard, but yeah. anyway, so, what uh, so I, I think it's interesting because I did not know because when I was reading the bio that you had sent over to me prior to us getting on here, that there were accolades involved. I knew you had a, a background in acting and, and that kind of stuff, but I did not know really to the extent and how long that career was. So take me through some of those things that you were achieving, because I think that's important to the story because you were achieving a lot of things, but not necessarily feeling correct. Uh, So what were some of the things that you were achieving in this 15 year career as an actor slash filmmaker?
1: So I at at 18 or 19 is when I got into the city and got accepted. That's an achievement in and of itself. Then this is a two year program. And the first win is that during the summer after the first year, I auditioned for summer stock, which are regional theaters across the country that throughout the summer have plays and musicals that they do go upstairs harrison i'm recording no No, go 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 i'm recording no go go go. whatever she says no edits no edits yeah i realize (laughs) lock the door please uh she so this is the kind of thing where uh you have to should i take
0: it's fantastic. Just keep going. Yeah. No, I'm, yeah, I'm cool. I'm I'm serious. We're not editing anything. No, so.
1: there's nothing to yeah.
0: edit. <laughs> right. Yeah. This is pro. This is we're pros. Yeah. yeah. So so the first
1: summer when I was just 19 is when I auditioned for summer stock, which you spend the summer at a regional theater, and you're just like record uh, recording. You're just uh, rehearsing and performing musicals all morning, all day, all night. And at, at that young age of 19, and I say young because I was very immature and emotionally young and still am in many regards, but I got, I got hired. It was like $150 a week to spend the summer Long Beach Island, more New Jersey, right? They have a summer stock theater there. And so for two and a half months, I was living on the water, on the beach, out of theater, getting paid professionally, rehearsing in the afternoons, performing at night. It was fantastic. So that was great. Then after that, shortly thereafter, six months later, I was cast as Tom Sawyer in a touring production of Tom Sawyer. And I was like, okay, this is where I toured for three months around the country. And it was, again, magnificent. Then me and my comedy partner at the time made it official when we both graduated and we spent seven years. Uh, We did not, we, and we like wrote our own stuff and it was just very satisfying to like work that muscle and get laughs. And uh, so we played off Broadway, we played uh, film festivals, we played colleges, we played LA, we played New York, that whole thing. So a lot of great things there, but like you said, I'm just looking for the applause. They're coming, but it's shallow, right? It's all external. It's not fulfilling. I still don't know whether I'm coming or going, but I'm trying to do my best. Right. And then seven years later, We have a split because we have different, now we have different uh, directions we want to go in. So we had to split. I was devastated, didn't know what I wanted to do in my life. So I took a little bit of time, figured it out and said, you know what? I still have talent myself. I'm going to create my own movie. I want to write, direct, act in a feature length, relationship comedy. It's what I loved and focused on. And I did that. So I, I produced a really full-length great movie that I, I I I directed, produced, acted in, and and uh and starred in. And it was it was great. And that played the film festival circuit, won some awards. It was on, it, it was on Amazon. It was on Netflix back in the day when Netflix was sending you DVDs. Right. So it, it got some, it got some real cool things. Uh, a lot of, a lot of pride in what I've accomplished. But again, like you said, doesn't fill the void.
0: Yeah. It doesn't wh- come
1: from the outside in.
0: Right. Why do you think that is like, why do you think that you were seeking that approval? So like, it just seems de- like a, desperation thing like looking for approval trying to land something to fill some type of hole that existed in your in your soul yes there you go yes
1: yes you just soul. thank you
0: yeah no you, problem yeah yeah you so I, it. right yeah oh you just had a hole in your you had a hole <laughs> that you were trying to fill. oh
1: yeah I, and, and and it didn't
0: don't we all Yeah. Right. But do you think that, that stemmed from anything or it was just like one day you just like, you were on stage, you said you got the laugh and you were just like, it was like a drug and you just needed more of it, but it wasn't, wasn't like a real type thing.
1: Right. So the question is why, why, why was I seeking that out? Because as a child, I felt disconnected. I felt unloved, unworthy on all those things. And I needed to find a way to fill that not realizing that it's filled inside first and foremost, but, you know, it took me 40 plus years to make that connection. Right. So I'm, I'm out trying to say, oh, well, if enough people like me and applaud me and appreciate my skill, talent, and ability on the stage and in writing and whatever I'm doing, maybe it'll make me finally feel complete and whole and ready to go ever does.
0: Right. So at at some point in this 15 year career, probably around year 15, it's something where you need to make a a change into something else. Right. So what was the change? what, What was the transition you made and where did you go from there?
1: So during any acting career, you typically aren't surviving just by an acting career, right? You have to have a, some sort of day job that's uh, another financial support. So mine was, uh, I taught myself web design and community building when the internet was just starting to take place because it's another thing I was so so much longing for, right? Just to be involved and accepted somewhere and feel part of a whole. So I built community or tried to, uh, I built websites and just taught myself web design and then I started building websites for small businesses uh, in and around New York, where I was living at the time. And uh, I met um, my my girlfriend at the time. Uh, she was also an actress. Um, we had the opportunity to start a dog walking company because of uh, a contact we had of somebody I was building a website for, and that just fascinated me. And. We went down that path. I built the website because I knew how to, and we started getting uh, good money from it because, again, I knew what I was doing in that regard. And then I said, let me see what that industry is doing. And I saw that, that that pet industry, they were not marketers or designers. So I said, wow, there's an opportunity here. I know how to do it. I've proven I can do it in my own company. Let me go out and sort of teach others how to do it. And slowly but surely, that's what I did. And then I made a name for myself in that industry for 10 years after that, when I was like, okay, I think that, because then, uh, you know, we got we got married back in the day. I was my first wife, right? Anybody who's keeping score. Right. And then um, I was like, okay, well, I, I need to sort of, you know, go down this path and sort of make a living and sort of had to give up on that moment in time, 15 years.
0: Right. Yeah. So talk to me about that because I come from a baseball background and I spent my entire life playing baseball and then my first job out of college. So I I played baseball in college at TCNJ, um, then coached college baseball for five years. And then eventually was just like, I need to make a switch. And Mm -hmm. even though it was fulfilling for me and I like my best memories growing up and with my dad and my friends that I have to this day, you know, it was a significant part of my life. And then when I made that switch into what I do now, selling title insurance and now eventually doing the show, it took me a while to figure out who I actually was because I was so strongly defined by something totally different. So even Mm. though you weren't getting that admiration and that acceptance or that fulfillment from the acting thing, was that another difficult thing? Because now you're not getting the applause, even though it wasn't resonating deeply with you. Oh, now it's just totally gone because who's going to cheer for a web developer? Yeah. Like nobody's clapping when they bring that like their dog gets walked home. Nobody's like, yeah. And I had a boy, Josh, way to go. <laughs> this
1: website. Oh, rocks. my God. That's so good. That's <laughs> so right. It's so true. So you're asking uh, when did the devastation kick in? Yeah, When did it really
0: a- yeah set in that like my life is over and now I'm doing <laughs> something totally, totally different. That's just I can't get like it's like a cold turkey type thing. You know what I mean?
1: Is saying at my first wife's wedding too harsh when so I thought mean, my life was over?
0: Like I, when I, you're I, saying I do. <laughs> yeah, that's when I realized, like, like oh no. <laughs> oh, this yeah. is
1: real, huh? I'm a yeah. married man and uh, <laughs> this is crazy. Yeah. And life isn't gonna be be the same since.
0: Right. It's like the greatest uh, love story ever told, right there. they just make a movie <laughs> about that. Yeah.
1: <laughs> exactly.
0: Yeah. Um, all right so okay so basically it was at that moment and but so what I think is also interesting is that you know you your show uh one of your sh- uh, podcasts is the hidden entrepreneur and I've heard you say you know the 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 story like your backstory like if I asked who Josh Carey was I can almost say it almost back to you not really but I've heard it before so I know what it's all about and we're gonna do it but I mm. do want to know that because like, I do think that it's interesting because you almost not even realizing it through the acting side of it. And then obviously from the web development pet industry side, you, the, the acting side, I think that the comedy team and all the other stuff that you're doing the film, that's entrepreneurship. And I think that, did you, did you know in that moment that that's what you were trying to do? No,
1: no, no. I've never even known that word until, you know, somewhat recently. Yeah. Good, Good question. But it all is. Right. And um, if I'm going to connect the dots to uh, the previous idea here um, about when did I realize that that there was devastation because nobody's um, cheering for a web developer, um, what I did was I did go from that. And then shortly thereafter, yes, while I was building websites, I did go into this 10 year career as a thought leader in the professional pet space. So while my focus was web design, SEO, content marketing, how to improve your pet business, I was able to still position myself as a thought leader, as somebody who is making videos and who can get recognition. I mean, you you, you see the process now that I'm still bringing as much of that to the table as I possibly can. So in some regards, that performing aspect was always a part from from the acting and film days, if not in that execution. But that's why that's that's what I like on the mic. That's why I like speaking on stage is I feel that there is a level of performance and yeah. satisfaction that it gives me in that regard. Same regard.
0: Right. But now I think it's rechanneled in a different way. It has to be. yes. Yeah. Right. It's not just Mm -hmm. like, Hey, people like what I'm doing and yay. But now I think that, you know, between the community side of it and, and everything else that you're doing, I think that it just seems like it's more channeled towards things that can actually help you and fulfill you. And I I would hope. Correct. Um, so during this time, and if we want to do the the hidden entrepreneur thing right now, let's do it. Because I think that that is going to kind of tie together, like what we, what we're talking about. So you spent 40 years in hiding. Cause I think that's where we are in this timeline right now. Right. Sure. Yeah. yeah. I, I want to hear it. I, I want to put it on the morning spotlight for posterity. Like I want to make sure that we hear the, I spent 40 years in hiding. Take me through that. Like what your backstory is.
1: <laughs> that Like play free Right. <laughs> <Is> that-
0: <laughs> yeah. 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 Basically. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, let's do, I want to do the gr- Josh Carey greatest hits. So here we go.
1: Right. It's like shouting out to Dice Clay, like, Mary, Mary. Yeah. Right. Exactly. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. But thank you, by the way. So um, today I'm the hidden entrepreneur. And that's because I spent 40 years hiding, showing up in every situation, hiding all of my talent, my skill, my ability, everything that I was really capable of doing in exchange for seeking approval. It gets very tiring very quickly. And uh, cut to today, I have two adoring children, an almost eight year old daughter, six year old son, who early on in their young lives, I realized that I see what's happening here. I'm the child in this circle. Right. And and I'm the one who has the work to do. And going back for a minute, the reason that I showed up so small and so weak like this was because not only did I not want to rock the boat, I didn't want. Any sort of confrontation. I didn't want, I didn't feel strong enough or supported enough that if I came forward with something miraculous and wonderful and able, that it might make you feel insecure about what you were or were not doing. And if that was the case, you might retaliate against me for, you know, shining that light. And I couldn't deal with that. So I just avoided it altogether.
0: Right. So, so sorry, I, I have yeah, another, just a, another question because you mentioned, uh, you know, eight year old daughter, six year old son. I'm pretty sure we met the six year old son already you know, over <laughs> the course of this episode. Um, so you're remarried now. I am. So was this remarried like second marriage? Was that in the course of time where you were in this mode of being like on the child type thing? No. Wait, no. why? Why? So when did you get remarried? Were you still like the hidden entrepreneur? Yeah. Were you still hiding when you got remarried? Yes, indeed. Yeah. So uh, if that was the case and this, I mean, maybe we should bring in your wife and ask her, but, um, (laughs) so she saw, must've seen something in you maybe, or no, I would hope so. Right. Yeah. Like she saw the real Josh. That's, that's Uh, what I'm asking.
1: Well, she saw the Josh that was there now. I right. I don't think the ending of this story is oh and my wife saw the best in me yeah. and now we're eight years into it and and here we are. Um, we attracted each other eight years ago. Uh, you know I think we were very similar. You know I was I was angry, miserable, depressed, frustrated, all those things. And um, over the course of the past four years or so, I've worked very hard to change that, which is when I became the hidden entrepreneur because I realized that there's a better way to live. And I started replacing all of my non-serving bad habits with some better ones slowly, but surely right. and continuing to do that day in and day out. It's a constant thing that you can never not
0: tend to. Oh, it's, it's a quest. It's like to to discover your true self is a quest and it's like it changes every day because you can't show up the exact same way every single day. It's impossible because you never know where life, Mm. what life's going to throw at you. I mean, we've talked about that on this show. At least that's my opinion. Like me today might seem very similar to the last couple of times we've talked over the last week, but there may be things going on that maybe it's not like exactly 100 percent totally the same, but that's just me. That's my personal opinion. And it's just a never-ending quest and a process for sure. Um so do you think so one of the things we've had people on the show that have gone through a variety of struggles. So whether it's drugs, whether it's you know abuse or whatever it is, Hmm. and people that struggle with you know anger issues, which I think you Mm. know, we've talked a little bit about that here on this episode so far. That that might have been some things that you were experiencing Uh at some times when you're make the, when you make the shift to start changing and get back on the right track or whatever you think is the, the, the right track at that moment was, were there people, whether maybe it maybe was your wife, maybe it was somebody else like, yo, you got to figure this out. Or was it more just like you just looked in yourself? Cause that's been an answer I've gotten too You just looked at yourself and were like, Nope, I'm not doing this anymore. Which, which one was it? The latter, the latter.
1: Oh yeah. I, it, it was on me and it's always been on me and as true form to my whole life, I never had anybody to, you know, shake me up like uh like a Mickey to Rocky and right. say, come on, get your act together, kid. You're better than this. <laughs> yeah. I always wanted that. I always looked for that. I always hoped it. Nobody, not a teacher, not a friend, not a relative, nobody ever to this day. So finally at 40 something years old, I'm like, you know, you got two kids, you're on your second marriage. Where is this going? You, you, you got to figure it out. Yeah. Look at the obvious. There were such obvious things like, well, maybe I shouldn't be doing that every single night. Doesn't play to my strengths. I'm like, I'm better than this. This is probably keeping me down. And It's not what, uh, the successful do. And I made that choice in, in the eyes of my children too, saying they can't, if, if this goes on in 15 quick years or whenever they're, you know, grown and and out of the house. And now I'm an empty nester here. They'd be the exact same kind of person that I raised them. And I would be devastated. Yeah. I was smart enough to realize that I couldn't live with what they would become because of watching me all that. And there'd be nothing I can do at that point. But now, now there's everything I can do and I'm, I'm trying to do it.
0: Right. Yeah. Which I think is fantastic. And that's why I think we vibe so well is like, you know, I've gone through struggles myself and I think that we've kind of both got each other to a different place where Hmm. we're both kind of, you know, and I think that's another reason why we vibe so well together is because not, we don't just talk fast. We're from New Jersey and we talk with our hands a lot. I mean, (laughs) I slap, I accidentally slap my mic all the time too. Oh, you Uh, saw that? Yeah, I did. I pick up on a lot of things. I'm very observant. Um, Me
1: too, Mike (laughs) Ham. You're right. We are yeah,
0: like very observant. Um, But uh, so <laughs> what were some of those first few things? Because like you you're in this web development pet industry, whatever you had going on, you know, you're remarried, you just you make the decision. You're like, I'm making this switch. And it's right away. Like, what are the first few things that you start to do? I mean, you mentioned a couple there uh, yeah. briefly, but, right. you know, like, how do you get yourself back on this track to getting here with me on this show? Like, like, well, how does that process start? Because this right now is, is the most recent part of your story recording with me. So exactly. how does this process start?
1: Um, by leaving that pet industry 10 year, um, role that I had and brand that I built and business that I, that I've grown. Um, I literally realized that those 10 years I was at my worst, which meant I attracted the exact same thing. So struggling each day, why can't I why can't I reach more? financial income than this. I'm like, like nothing's working. Why is nobody buying what I'm selling? Why am I putting these, these little cheap price tags on everything that is, I think is so much more valuable. Why are, why are these people coming at me? Why am I in this negative space? Why do I wake up with a pit in my stomach? Why are there multiple smear campaigns against me and my reputation? When I'm pretty darn sure that I'm a good guy who's done nothing wrong and certainly nothing to hurt anybody, but they're trying to tear me down. Why? So then I realized, oh, it's me because I am attracting all that because we attract who we are and what we put out. So when I made that realization that like, okay, no more, the kids, I got it. I gotta be be a little better than this. I ripped the Band-Aid off. And I said, I, I, I had to see it like, any other toxic relationship. Like if you're in a bad relationship, uh, you're not going to say, well, I'm going to wait until I meet somebody. You're going to get out and then figure it out quickly. And that's what I did. I said, okay, got to go. Thanks. I'm done. I get it. It's on me. See ya. And I did. And I took a few months to say, okay, I don't know what's next, but I could figure it out. I have confidence in myself. Now's the time where I'm going to execute on that. In that time, created the hidden entrepreneur, created the brand, the podcast, and my confidence slowly began to, to rise through that. Then I started looking at my personal habits, like what do the successful do? You know, uh, well, and then the easy and obvious ones, like you know, I shouldn't I shouldn't smoke a joint every single night, right? That's what I was doing. That was my thing, right? And I justified it, and I'm like, okay, it's probably getting in my way a little bit. Stop that wake up earlier. How did the successful wake up? Okay. Pick a time, wake up, no snooze. Okay. That makes sense. Eat a little better exercise journal, all this stuff, which I'm doing, and then just stack it on each other. My motivation. Yeah. It's my kids because I want to be around as long as possible. Right. I don't want to drop dead. And that's motivating enough to me to just be as healthy mentally, spiritually, physically, ment- uh, emotionally. That's enough for me to, to wake up every day at zero and then have to, have to reaffirm your commitment. Right. And that's what I'm doing every day.
0: Yeah. So I'm just going to say it because I, I wrote it down and I have to say it now. So the amount when you talk about, you know, getting a toxic relationship or, you know, a toxic relationship with yourself, ripping that bandaid off to me is one of the hardest things people can do because it's one of those, you know, like, it, the, the comfort, the even though you know that it's terrible, you still know it and you're still comfortable there. There's a comfortability in like the safety of being in something that you already know, but to rip the bandaid off and just get out of it and go to, into something totally different. The amount of intestinal fortitude that that takes to do that, I think is incredible. So commend you for, for that and, and making that, making that switch. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, so, <laughs> uh, talk to me more because, uh, the hidden entrepreneur thing is a podcast. I mean, if, if nobody has picked up on that by now, I don't even know what you're doing, but it's a podcast. Mm-hmm. So it, w- when did the podcast start? Uh, was that like, you know, maybe trying to marry some things that you had done prior or whatever. Um, talk to me about that.
1: So when I ripped the Band-Aid off and took a few months just to sort of figure out, okay, what's next? I don't know. I'll feel it out. I'm going to lean into whatever feels right here. Uh, What felt right was, and this was in 2018, what felt right was a podcast. I've never officially had one before, but I always enjoyed through my other ventures. I, I loved interviewing people and I was always curious and I loved that whole dialogue and banter. So I said, you know what? I'm starting fresh here. I'm going to start a podcast. I'm sure I'd be good at it. I'll get better at it. And it'll help establish me on the road to something. I think that I can parlay this into something. And that'll be the start of it. And I'll see where it takes me. So I created the brand, which became the show. And slowly but surely, I just started interviewing people. and one by one by one, interview became the next. And slowly but surely, I started getting responses from the guests that were saying, hey, you know what? I've been on shows before, and this is like the best interview ever I've been on. And I was like, yeah, thanks. I feel that too. This is great. I think there's something here. So that opened me up to realizing that I'm going to build confidence. I didn't even realize that I could build confidence through the show by showing up, being good and having people respond to it. Plus it gives me the ability to feel like I'm exercising some acting and performing muscle. Like we already said, everybody understands that. So I did. And I just started gaining um, contacts and opportunities and just finding my way. And then in the summer of 2019, I had the opportunity to bring my show to an event and record episodes. That's where I met Eric Cabral, who I didn't know from Adam, as the saying goes, but he was a guest on my show at that event. And after the after the, after the interview, he said, you know, I got a studio in New Jersey. We're both from Jersey. Why don't you come down one day and check it out and let's see, let's see what we can do? And I did. And, and now here we are. Uh, you know, You know the punchline to all that. But the idea is that if I wasn't already showing up, at that time, as the person that I was always capable of being, Eric wouldn't have been motivated to see. I, 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 I wouldn't have found myself at the event, but I right. was, and he he wouldn't have been motivated to say, "You got something, kid. Let's let's work together."
0: Which he that's, he's, he's your Mickey. He's almost like your Mickey. Exactly. Hey, you got something. I see something in you. You got things. that's right. Yeah.
1: So that was the that was the first time that I started realizing you have to lean into. Right, like my whole life. All I wanted was somebody to say, I see something in you. But yeah. Nobody's going to say that. Nobody did say that because there was nothing they can see in me. But only when I started displaying the stuff front and center, first and foremost, that I was capable of doing, are people seeing it. That's the way it works. You have to show up first in the role that you're capable of being to attract the success that you want. And that's what I've done. And that's what I'm doing. And got a long way to go, but I'm happy with the uh with the measurement where i am today
0: yeah me too so one okay. of the things that i think uh, and i i was kind of flipping through the website over the course of us recording so far and it was something that we talked about on this episode and then i mentioned in one of the podmax mixtures, which are hosted podmax mixers that's hard to say every 11am eastern every friday plug that too um so one of the things that I mentioned was when like I showed up and I had like no hat on and my, no, my was, wasn't in my spotlight studios here and I was wearing that button down shirt and I was talking and I was saying how like uh, you were asking me questions about, you know, you look weird, you look different, whatever. um, And that I mentioned at some point in that answer about the ego thing. And you were like, do you think you're somebody with a big ego? And I said, well, not really. I said, but This is the most comfortable I have ever been with myself after starting this show the real way. Like, once I Mm -hmm. hit the ground running in July and really kind of leaned in and found my voice, uh, I was like, this is me. Like, I I mean, I am this when, when I come and visit this studio, and I'm doing that on June 30th. Yes, that would have posted before this actually post. So there's gonna be like a little bit of a time jump there, but it's, this is what you're gonna get. So I hope that you're ready for that. But um, <laughs> talk to me more about finding your voice because I think that that's really important. Was that like something that stemmed from podcasting was it something that just more about like just showing up um, and how can people do that effectively? All
1: of that. Uh, people wonder how you find your voice and it's literally just by doing it right? There's no other way. You have to get it out over and over and over again and and hear it. You can't do it behind closed doors in a notebook. And then say, okay, good. I got my voice. Now I'm going to speak. And now I'm going to talk on these topics. You literally have to get it out there, see what resonates, adjust, see what feels right. Uh, I'm on my Peloton three to four mornings every every week. I was about to say every day. That would be
0: wild. Yeah. You must be in really good shape. (laughs)
1: Uh, so I'm on my Peloton three to four mornings a week. And so often stuff and thoughts and points will come to me that I'll just, you know, fire up the phone, the audio or the video just to get it out there. And, and that's how it works. You whenever you get inspired to get a thought or an idea. The more you do it, the more it happens. You just have to get it out there, find yourself, find ways to get yourself out there, get the feedback, see what feels right, see what resonates, and see what the themes are that you're talking about, who you are, what you're about, and what people
0: appreciate. Yeah. No, I think that's fantastic. And I resonate with that quite a bit because finding my voice was a huge difference maker just in my life overall. And up to this point at the time of this recording, it hasn't even been a full year of doing a show and Mm. everything like that and talking to all these people and meeting all these people and, connecting with people that are similar to me in a lot of different ways, whether it's through the podcasting, it's mostly through podcasting, but um, talk to me more about the, uh, the F that F that noise, because we're going to talk about some of the stuff that you're getting yourself into now, but I mentioned that in the bio. And that's something that I think is a relatively new thing that I think you've been bringing up um, as far as like part of your brand. And if that's wrong, just tell me because whatever, I'm totally okay being wrong, but talk to me about what F that noise means and what it is.
1: So, so much of my life, I've felt that there's just this internal dialogue that goes on in our heads. And we, for better or worse, that becomes our truth. And that got in my way. Uh, And when I started making these changes and trying to better myself, I realized that I can't listen to these voices in my head, this noise in my head. And then I started doing things that brought me to a better place day in and day out. And then looking back, I thought, well, what exactly did I do? How did I get from there to here? And I realized that it was saying F that noise, not only the noise in your head, but noise is an acronym, N-O-I-S-E, for the five-part process and philosophy that took me from there to here. I'll give you a brief breakdown of what each one is. Would you like that? Please, yes. Yes. Okay. So, um, like I said, it all comes down to understanding the predominant emotion we're dealing with. So when we're going through this, we're going to focus on one emotion. Sure. There might be uh, a handful or a few, we all have them, but what's the predominant one that's really affecting your day in and day out. Uh, so the first thing you want to do is N you want to name that emotion, call it out, right? Is it anger? Is it jealousy? Is it despair? Is it confusion? Is it boredom? What is it? Put a name to it. Then once you do that, you go over to the O and now you can own that emotion. This is all about taking responsibility. Probably one of the hardest things for any of us to do, right? It's on you. It's yours, which puts you in the driver's seat, gives you the power. It's not about anybody else. Well, it's their fault. Forget fault and blame. I mean, I, I, I cringe whenever I hear those words because it's always on us uh and that's a and that's a gift to take on that role and responsibility so own it know that it's not about well if they didn't just if they didn't do this or if she didn't say that or if they weren't that way own it then you go on to the i now you have to identify with it now you have to acknowledge that in admission, I am this way, I am angry, I am pissed off i'm 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 frustrated i'm bored, i'm lonely i'm concerned i'm worried whatever it is, identify with it now you can begin to move to the s, which is sit with it. this doesn't have to be a month long process, maybe a few days a week or so. what you're doing now when you sit with it. Is you're trying to identify when this emotion arises in your body, because so often our day in and day out is a habit. Everything is habitual. We feel the exact same way when we wake up, morning, noon, and night, and everything triggers and happens in the same way habitually. And we feel the same way when we go to sleep. But now you can start to identify when am I feeling this emotion? Is it around a certain topic, a certain person, a certain uh, uh, um, time of day? And the idea is that once you become aware, self-awareness is key in all of this, once you become aware, you can begin to put some space and distance when the emotion is about to arise. You can put a, a moment of space to prevent it because, again, it often happens at the drop of a hat, habitually, and you're not even aware and the more you can become aware of when and you're you're in control of this happening of this firing up but once you go through this process and realize all of this stuff that you're in control of feeling it or not feeling it and you could choose a different thought that'll take you away from that emotion once that begins to happen you go into the e which is you will evolve into the person you've always been capable of being.
0: Amazing. So I'm gonna hit you with something where, and you? I mean, I don't know how well you take compliments, but, One of the things that I do like about you is the fact that I don't care what we're talking about. It could be you emceeing a PodMax event, which we're going to get to here in a little bit. Um, It could be talking about, I mean, I've heard you talk about F That Noise. I think you talked about it at a PodMax mixer once. Um, And really everything that I've heard you talk about your life and your career, everything just, you were so passionate about the stuff. And it's just a good, genuine, passionate passion, 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 passionateness is not a word. Um, but it's just a, it's just seem it, it's very genuine. And I, that's one of the things that I appreciate about you and that I like about you and why I was happy to have you share that because I do want to get into one of the things that, uh, uh, more stuff about you. So you on an entrepreneurship level, we're going to keep Podmax at bay here for a little bit, but what are some things you get yourself involved in? I know coaching is one of the things, what else, what else do you do from, from an entrepreneurship side?
1: Um I don't I, I don't really know.
0: Coaching is one, right? Sure. Yeah, so sure. who do you who do you work with? What kind of what kind of uh people do you work with when you are coaching?
1: Well, now it's more in the realm of the the people that come through Podmax. Okay. As as the brand, not necessarily just the event, right? Because sure. we have different verticals and services. Yeah. So what I what I like to focus on and I've gained clarity on this over the past year plus by being in in my role in PodMax is, because I've done it, I love shining the light on people and giving them the spotlight. Perfect company, right? There you go. Um, And and really being the mirror and the reflection back and showing them what's possible. And a lot of that comes through deliberately when I'm coaching and training people through the PodMax brand and helping them identify their message, practice and rehearse that message, and then be able to deliver that message. Uh, So those those three things um, people experience at different points. You know, some people are are well advanced in their career and still have no idea what their message is or what their what their sound bites are or what their life really amounts to when they're talking about it on shows or should they even be on shows other people just need a little fine tuning of that message and and I help with all of that so that's that's really what I like I like working with people and I think it's it, it's it's evident in my role as the MC of the event That I can just all day, like I could literally do that event every day with like different people and be thrilled to have that, to have that position. So whatever that says, like, I just love people. I love bantering. I love hearing. I love questioning. I love allowing, giving you the space to realize something about yourself that I'm capable of hearing that maybe you didn't hear or know or see or ask a question in a certain way that allows you to just say, oh my goodness, that's, that's amazing.
0: Right. I, I think, and now I was again on the website and I was like, looking at some stuff and you have some entrepreneurship stuff on there, like coaching with entrepreneurs. I think that's mm-hmm. what I was thinking we were going to go down, but that was an even better answer. But one of the things that I think I was going to bring up, uh, because I had this all planned out in my head. And obviously the plan went right out the window when you started giving that answer 20, my age demographic of my show is be, eight people between the ages of 25 and 35. So like Mm -hmm. I mentioned on, you know, your show, the last time I was on it, I'm 30. Right. So a lot of people are like me, they're earlier in their career. Some are interested in real estate because we do a lot of real estate on the show. Others are entrepreneurs. They're trying to like, maybe they're in a nine to five, maybe they're doing all these things. Maybe they're, you know, they feel stuck like, like you did. And I I think that that, the F that noise thing, I think that that would resonate very well with, with entrepreneurs. So if, If you, if you have someone that's maybe in that boat, like maybe they're early on their career and it's just like, it's not, uh, resonating with them. It's just like, it doesn't feel right. Is it one of the, is to me, you basically have two options. Maybe you just like a little angsty and you just want to like, you need some change. You need to shake it up a little bit. And maybe it could be good to stick with it and make sure that it's actually not the right thing for you or just get out now and just make sure to try to find something you're passionate about where maybe if you want to uh, provide us with some advice on that where where do you see kind of the uh the path is leading for as, as advice you would give to somebody
1: well, it goes back it, it, you would first have to identify why what are you going for? what is your mission, what is your vision, what is your goal that you're putting in place to achieve this uh if what you're doing can align and connect with that because I don't think this question can be answered without having that first established like right. um, I don't know, does it make sense to stick with what you're doing that you're kind of eh, not sure, but it might be the thing, and you just have to get through it to go to your goal and achieve even if it's short term right We have to identify it like I'm starting to work with a Really exciting! Um, a new podcast client. She's creating a show, and one of the questions I asked her is, "Why in the world are you create? Why are we creating this show now? What is the point of it? What are you hoping to get out of it? What does success look like? How is this aligned to any bigger plan? And what is the bigger plan?" And she had that clearly defined. So it made sense to go with this. So if in a month or three months or six years, she's sort of bored or frustrated or annoyed by this process, it's like, okay, well, it is in line with that. Let's sort of re-identify. Maybe we can restructure, retool this. But this is still in line. This still can get you here. So to answer the question, you got to first identify what, what the overall goal is and see if it's in line.
0: Got it. Right. So that's, I think that it was a great answer. And so I do want to get back into the Podmax thing because I think that that's super important. Uh, I mean, we joked when I was on Best Guest Ever that I think probably 25% of my catalog has been someone either at a Podmax event or connected from a Podmax event. Um, So you guys started them in person last year, and I asked Eric this question. I'm just curious to uh, you know get your mm-hmm. uh, response on a two. They started in person, then eventually, obviously, had to go virtual. Did you expect that the Podmax event was going to get the legs and the momentum that it has, and kind of get us all the way till like I, I put this in the chat on um, the last Podmax event, June 11th. Um, I said we all just spent eight yeah. hours on a Zoom call in the summer, like on a Friday. I mean, what, in what world would you get people Mm -hmm. to do that, to agree to do that? But that's the, that's the power of the community. And that's the power of this event. Um, When, was there a moment in time where you realized like, Oh boy, like this is something that could be really special.
1: Yeah. May 22nd, 2020, which was the, the first virtual event. It ended at 5.00 PM. So like you said, September, 2019, December, and February 2020, we had three live events where it was exactly that. People came, 10, 15, 20 people, and we matched them, and it was great. Uh, And that was, we, Eric and I then in March of 2020, went to PodFest conference in Florida, and we were a live events company. This is what we do. And we had the next six months, we had dates on the calendar. We're going to be traveling. We're going to be collaborating. We're going to be doing, we're going to be holding. And it was great. And then of course, March happens and we're like, wait, wait, what? This is crazy. So we had, we never, ever, ever had virtual, a virtual event on our radar. It just didn't, it just, there was no reason, right? To go there at this point in time, we were doubling down on the live thing, which was fine. So then we said, well, we can't do it. Can this work virtually? Should it work? Let's try it. There's only one way. We took a couple of months and May 22nd, 2020, we had our first PodMax event. Practically the same exact agenda, the same eight hours, not much has changed technically. Um, And then after it ended at 5pm, the team regrouped and we were just stunned. We were like. Wow! What did we just? How did that just? What? Like we all just experienced something together. We we're like that was just wow. What, you feel, that was just crazy. How amazing is that? And we from there we didn't miss a beat. And we're like, let's go again. Six weeks. Put it on the calendar. Let's go. Okay. And we've had them on the calendar every six weeks, trying to up our game, improve everything we possibly can, adding additional products and services along the way, building up Pod Max from that new angle. Never, never expecting it.
0: Yeah. I mean, just from the event side of it. Well, so I have a quick question before I get into this. And I know we've been going for way longer than I told you we were going to be on. So, you know, I just want to make sure that we you're okay with that before I ask these next couple questions. questions. Um, so do you, whose idea was it though to do an eight hour event? Was it like someone said, hey, what if we kept all these people on a Zoom call for eight hours? And everyone was like, yeah, great idea. Or like, what are you nuts? You know, like, what was the the conversation behind that. Were there keynotes as part of that first ever event? Yes, it was
1: literally the exact same eight hours, slight modifications. But um, it's so funny because we were ignorant enough never to think, let's do an eight hour Zoom call. We just took what was an eight hour in-person event, which is not uncommon for all day conferences or workshops or retreats. Uh, we just t- took that and almost, you know, ignorantly put it virtually and said, let's see if this will fly. Yeah. And it did.
0: Right. It's awesome. I I mean, I, I love them. The, the most recent one was my favorite one so far. It was my fourth. Really? Uh, yeah. I don't know why. I just I just loved it. Like my my guests were awesome. The keynotes were great. Uh, wow. Steve Sims is coming on the show eventually. Um, you know, he said yes. So that was cool. Uh, wow. you know, so I, I'm, I was, I was vibrating after that one. I felt so great. Um, but, uh, so tech to me, like, what are some things we're talking about goals here? So, I mean, you, you mentioned you have some other products and services that PodMax are offering beyond just the Friday every six weeks event. Um, what are some of those things and what are some things that you're hoping to accomplish with PodMax and that brand moving forward? We could even just talk about the next year.
1: Yeah. Um, one, of the, one of the first uh, services we offered was, so early on, Eric and I were just, you know, we were just thinking that, oh, the event is the business, and we'll, we'll retire from doing these events our whole lives, and this will be great. And then we realized that, oh, wait a second. People are asking us after the event, what's next? What, what else do you guys have? Yeah. Like, you know, any other great business. Uh, so we're like, oh, this is top of the funnel. People are just coming into our world, and now they want to continue working with us. So we created something called Liftoff, which is a one on one sort of high level uh, thought leadership platform where we help you. We work with you one on one to really identify your best talking points and stories for your goals. And then we'll record content with you that spark those conversations. And then we extract that dialogue and push it out on all marketing channels with you and for you. So that's our like high ticket offering for thought leaders. Then, slowly but surely, people were like, you got me on these three great shows. Can you get me on more shows? And we're thinking, well, we're not really a booking agency. In fact, from, the, from our point of view, there's a lot wrong with the traditional booking agency model. As hosts ourselves and as guests, we're like, Ugh, we don't really want to do that. But then it got to a point where it made sense to do that. And we are doing it. It's called PodMax Talent. And we're putting our own spin on it, uh, and we offer we offer that too.
0: Awesome. yeah. And I've been a part of Podmax talent and can recommend it highly from the guest side or the or the host side. Um, so last question, then we're going to move this into our closing segment, which we call Into the Spotlight, but we're going to get to that in a minute. Last question, and I think that this really resonates with the PodMax brand as a whole. Talk to me, and maybe this might be too big a uh, broad of a question, but the importance of uh, being a guest on a podcast. Like, why would someone ever want to be a guest on a podcast? I mean, maybe this show gets 50 downloads of an episode. Maybe it gets 10. Maybe it gets a thousand, but maybe I could just do some other things over here and that's going to reach more people. what's, What's the benefit of being a guest on a podcast?
1: It's the exact same benefit of waking up in the morning. And I don't say that lightly. I mean it, that guesting on shows is literally just another thing that you should be doing to grow yourself and contribute to the greater good and the whole and to improve yourself and to be part of something. It's just a piece of the puzzle. Yeah, I could talk all day about, well, you're going to expose yourself to new people. and But I'm going even deeper than that, what it's done for me personally. I see it as just another checkbox of something that's possible that I should be doing. If I want to grow as big as I can inside, right? not even on the outside because that's not what I'm focusing on, that's going to come as a result of all the work I do on the inside. And then as I spent the 40, first 40 years of my life doing, trying to get that outside validation to feel better on the inside. No, it's, it's the exact opposite. And that's what I'm so intent on working on day in and day out, is to up the game each and every moment that I can inside to become a better person, to contribute more, to be more, to have more, to do more. To And that's, that's my game. So yeah. guesting on shows like this gives me that ability, right? It allows me to, to exercise this, this muscle to sort of hone and find my voice and practice it, get reps in the gym, connect with you, gain clarity and perspective on something different, have a good time. It feels good. So do what feels good and you know, you're in the right direction. So Maybe that's why you should be guesting on shows.
0: That sounds like a good answer. Yeah, I would say that that's probably a good reason why the several reasons why, but all great reasons why, which I think just, you know, uh, kind of encapsulates the Podmax brand as a whole and what you guys stand for and everything. So, um, all right, we're going to move the show. Cause I've kept you, like I said, longer than I said, I would, um, we could probably talk for hours and hours and be best friends. So if you want to be my best friend, let me know. <laughs> um, we're going to move this into our closing segment, which we call under the spotlight. So we do this for every episode. So we're going to put you, Josh Carey, under the spotlight, we, uh, what is one thing you want these spotlighters to walk away from this episode with?
1: You are capable, and you know it. I don't have enough to tell you. Listen to yourself and know how capable you are and do something about it.
0: Amazing. Short, sweet, to the point. Wraps up this episode with a nice little bow. Uh, hit me with the links. If people need more Jash Carey, where can they go?
1: Where can't they go?
0: Exactly. Mike? Right. Yeah. yeah.
1: No, uh, any, and anywhere. Uh, Joshcary.com is the fork in the road. That'll take you where you want to go.
0: Awesome. That will be in the show notes. Like always, my contact information, if for some reason you want to go through me to get to Josh, will also be in the show notes. The morningspotlight.com is the website. Themorningspotlight at gmail.com is the email address. Josh, thank you for coming on with us today. This was incredible. I completely agree. Thank you so much. Of course. And the Spotlighters, thank you for listening, and we will catch you next time. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening. Just a reminder that any views expressed in the morning spotlight are the views of the speaker and should not be construed to be the views of any other person, any employer, or any organization. Thank you. We'll see you next week.